DC, Marvel, DC, Marvel, DC, 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 Marvel, 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 no image or dark horse. Hey, 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 everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Geek Chat. I'm Desmond. I'm Rich. And we're your hosts for this roughly hour-long delve into comic book goodness land. We do this every week. Uh, come to... With an asterisk. With an asterisk, yeah. Uh, but you can find all of our episodes at soundcloud.com. Our bassoons? Our, our episodes. Our bassoons. Episodes. Our episodes. Our bassoons. You can find our bassoons. Our bassoons. On SoundCloud. Yes. Um, you can also find it on uh, MixLR. Sorry, you can't find a MixLR anymore. No. That's when we were live. Sorry. Uh, you can find it on uh, iTunes. iTunes. Stitcher. Uh, Stitcher. Um, find an, uh, you can find us on uh, the, the, the Tumblr. Thing? Oh, the Tumblr. The Tumblr. So we're everywhere. Just search the Geek Chat and we'll definitely come up. Um if you want to talk to us or have any conversation with us, you can send an email to thegeekchat at gmail.com. Or if you want to talk to us live and in person, uh, you can't, well, sort of live and in person, you can join our Facebook group, The Geek Chat. Go to the groups on Facebook and search for The Geek Chat and join the conversation. So, uh, what the show is, is, you know, Rich and I get together and uh, we're lifelong comic book fans and we review books. You know, give, your, give our opinions on, you know, books that came out within the last week. And uh, say if you should pick them up, if you should, if you should miss them, um, and what you should give a try. We tried to we tried to uh, do a little bit more about independence, but today um, is going to be really, really heavily on uh, Marvel and DC because uh, they put out a lot of stuff this week because it was a fifth week, and um, a fifth week is a very interesting thing in comic book land. Rich, why don't you tell the listeners what a fifth week uh, for publishing comic books entails? So, fifth week is usually the outer rotation week that happens every couple months. And Marvel treats it just like a regular week. They schedule books on that day. And in an event like the event of Resurrection, what they did during the fifth week was give us the X-Men and the Inhumans Prime because both number ones actually start in April. So they treat it just like a regular, just like it's a regular week. DC, on the other hand, has never treated the fifth week like anything then. Is it is it un-PC to say the phrase redheaded stepchild? Is that, are you not supposed to say that anymore? I'm not sure. Well, I'm going to say it. They treat the fifth week like a redheaded stepchild. They don't want it. It normally is annuals and specials and comic books that have fallen through date-wise. So remember Brian Hitch's great Justice League of America run? Yep. That ran late so much. That became a fifth-week book because it was done when it's done. You don't have to figure it into any kind of schedule. You just throw it in. On the fifth week. On the fifth week. I, as a retailer, hate the fact that Marvel does the fifth-week bullshit because... I get 12 to 15 DC titles a week. That is their normal rotation. That is money that comes into a store to help pay its bills. When they do shit like this during a fifth week, it is lost money for retailers. And that is why I love the fact that Marvel has never looked at it that way. Marvel just releases stuff. The other publishing companies really... It, 
I mean, I hate to say it. It doesn't matter because the way they treat their books, it's just a monthly schedule. So, you know, you might get Buffy from Dark Horse. You're getting both Buffy and Angel next month on the same day instead of saying getting them, you know, two weeks uh, apart. The way the scheduling is, they just put it out when they put it out. This week's fifth week was a combination of... This was DC's fifth week. Yeah, DC's fifth week selection was an annual, the Dark, uh, what is it called? The Master Race Dark Knight, which has no real publishing schedule. It comes out when it comes out. That was the fifth week. They gave us a Titans annual, which was kind of important because people don't think annuals are important. And we're going to talk about that later. And they gave us four issues of Hanna-Barbera and DC characters smushed together at a price point of four ninety nine, but it is a lot of stuff in it. Yeah, I think it was uh, 30, 30 something pages, thirty, and then the backup, thirty two like pages, eight pages, so yeah. maybe forty pages, maybe. Um, but it's always filler. And the next fifth week event is going to be Looney Tunes characters meeting the DC characters, Wonder Woman and the Tasmanian Devil, uh, Elmer Fudd and I think Batman. It's Batman. So we're gonna be reviewing them as well. Um, I'm kind of excited for the um, this Bugs Bunny and Legion of Superheroes. I don't know. That seems kind of fun to me. But who knows? I hope it's I hope it's uh, a little. Oh, I bit... hope it's better than this. That yeah. They at least. So that's our first topic. Yeah. So we're gonna review uh, the four books that came out. Now, mind you, I did not read all four of them. I only read the Suicide Squad and Banana Splits. But uh, Rich did read them all. I unfortunately wasted my time reading wow. these. Wow. So, so we're, we're going to go through them, and Rich is going to give his opinion just on them. really short. I'm not even going to tell you creators. You can just look them You should tell them creators. Up. All right, I'll look up. I'll creators. tell them the damn creators. So, uh, it's Booster Gold meets the Flintstones. Well, yabba dabba don't, I guess. Uh, so, <laughs> he's a time traveler, of course. We know this. And that is how they kind of did it, because of his time bubble. Uh, he ends up there in Flintstone land. And prehistoric BC land. He, oh, he, he ends up with... He ends up at the... <laughs> was it that bad? Yes. So he's on a date, and then something happens, and people are on fire, and they're dying, and it's this weird dinosaur on almost... Uh, across between Orion's Sky Cycle and uh, the Green Goblin's gobs, uh, Goblin Glider. glider. The Goblin Glider, yes. And because of this, things get screwed up. He ends up in Bedrock, and he kills the creature. He slices it in half because it crashes. And there he meets Fred and Barney, and they give him a ride. And then it's just Booster Gold. And not even being, like, the Booster Gold that's cute. Um, having weird dinosaurs be the saviors of this world. and Were they dinosaur aliens? Yeah, uh, it just, yes. And then... They finally get things going, and now there's like this weird religious thing about the rubble, the rubblations that are coming. <laughs> the rubblations. Oh, and he like contacts and wants uh, Alfred to put $10 in his account because the restaurant that serves rat, he can't afford it. Just, I'll tell you the one thing I loved about it, Rick Leonardi's art. I love his art. I wish he would be a penciler somewhere. So the writer was Mark Russell, penciler Rick Leonardi, inker Scott Hanna, Steve Bucciolata. Thank you as the colorist and Dave Sharp did the lettering. So so you didn't like you didn't like that. I right? didn't. It's kind of a meandering I, story and whatnot. It, <sighs> because I hear the Flintstones 
uh, people talk about the actual it, book it's, Flintstones. Yeah, I think it's really good. Yes, and we'll be reviewing the book when it comes out, where they take you know stuff very topical to now and and set it back in that time. Mm-hmm. I think the reason Booster was picked was because he's a time traveler. Oh, it wouldn't freak him out. Fred and Barney, blah blah blah. Didn't enjoy it. Loved the art. Like the art really made it for me. And I wish Marvel or DC would give him a book. Now the backup to this was Jimmy Palmati and Amanda Connor did the writing. Pierre Pierre Brito was the artist. Alex Sinclair was the colorist. Michael Heller was the letter. This was a weird ass story about the Jetsons. The Jetsons. The Jetsons. And uh, when the book comes out. It's going to be an ongoing, but you know how I feel about ongoings. Um, they're going to be writing this, and I don't know if the artist is going to be attached. He should be, though. Um, and basically, it's the origin of Rosie, their housekeeper. And I'm not going to spoil on who it is, but the story was very odd. The art, um, it reminds me a little of um, Top Ten. Who did the top? Who was the Top Ten artist? Um... I can't remember his name. Oh my god, I'm blanking on his name. His art looks just like it. I'll think about it a while. And uh, the story was cute. If this is it, you know, they're more modern. They're not They're not at all cartoon looking. They're really realistic. Uh, Gene Ha. His art reminds me of Gene Ha. That is the artist I was thinking of. You know what? It was a good start. I think this the Jetsons one is going to be the one that people are going to want to pick up. Because they're going to have their own series. Yeah, because it wasn't... wasn't but didn't Rosie, wasn't she like a, a an assassin droid or something? And, and they put the grandma in and she had to save. Wasn't it like a Terminator thing or something? I don't know where you got any of that from. No, <laughs> no, it wasn't. Oh, I totally thought like she was like a, I, thought, I totally thought it was like a Terminator. Now thing. that I'd fucking read. You'd read Rosie the that Terminator? Was, Rosie the Terminator would be fucking awesome. <laughs> you have... know what? It's she's She's housekeeper by day. Terminator by night. I think it sucks that they made her. I mean, they 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 made her basically a a, a a housekeeper. It's like, mom, now you're gonna run around and clean the house. You that, just spoiled it for them. That, that, the grandma becomes Rosie. Come there on. you go. The grandma becomes Rosie. But it's silly. It's like, why would really? And the only one she told was Judy. And then they have trackers. Their kids are. Uh, they have trackers in them. So the only way they can find Judy is to track them. And then they tracked Grandma, and they're both in the same place. It's weird. But I, I, I got to be read, honest. I got to be those. honest. I am looking forward to a Jetsons book by them. Well, all I have to say is... You I'm like flipping, the art. No, I, the art is pretty cool. But what I'm, what I'm missing, what I'm missing, what I'm sad about is I don't see... Astro? No, I see oh. Astro's there, but I don't see them flinging kids at the bottom of the, of nope, the, of the none car. Of that. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck is that? That's what I was hoping to no. see. Seriously, once I saw that they were not throwing kids out of their car, I was like, fuck this, I don't want to read it. So the next one is Adam Strange for Future Quest, and I do want to get through this one. I want to get through all of them to talk about books that I cared about. Ah! Um, <laughs> so... This, if you were reading the the Death of Hawkman, and you made it to the end of the Death of Hawkman, you saw that uh, Adam Strange was taken out by a beam, and he's lost. And this is where he goes to. He goes to Future Quest. And I love Future Quest, the comic. Sad it's ending. So this issue takes place after the Death of Hawkman, and after the last issue of Future Quest. What? Which isn't out yet. Oh, wow. Um, I thought this was a missed opportunity for some hijinks and fun but it 
he loses his memory, doesn't know who he is, and he's he's learning to go, and it's basically them going through the motions, and then every couple pages introducing a new Hanna Barbera character, because there was no real. I mean, there was a story of them walking through the forest, and that's how they meet people. So they meet Birdman, and you know, Birdman says someone uses the name Hawkman. And it's like okay, and then the next page. You know, it's like, up oh, there's the bad guy from it. Up oh, and there's the Herculoids. And then you turn it again, and there's Mitor. And it's just like, there, it was a very base. There was no story to it. There was a, a concept they wanted to do. Just very, very let down. And the backup story was even worse. Dan Didio wrote it. Uh, but what saved it was kind of art by Phil Winslade. Uh, it's about Top Cat, a, a character that everyone knows. And him lying to Batman and telling him this ridiculous story. And then him and Catwoman is stupid. <laughs> it was bad. It was bad. I was pissed. I could have I could have read other comic books. But not as bad as, this is going on too long, Green Lantern, Space Ghost. No, oh my god. Plenty of time. Plenty of time. Do Green this. Lantern, Space Ghost. I love both these characters. Hell Jordan, I'm there. Space Ghost. Love. And it's already done. Ariel Olivetti did the Space Ghost miniseries for DC a long yep. time ago. That's what, what that's what brought and me. And I was to... like, yes. Oh my god. The story was so bad. Hale isn't even more of a dickhead than he usually is. And they know that there's a weapon out there. Well, they meet Space Ghost is seeing his villains and Green Lantern seeing his villains, and they start attacking each other, but they're actually not attacking each other. It's It was just too much. And then they fall to the ground, and they have to battle each other. And the whole, pretty much most of the issue is them battling each other. Then, then Space Ghost gets the ring, and, you know, he gets the arm gauntlets. Uh, and it just, it's dumb. It's dumb. The art is really weird. I love Olivetti, but I feel like this is... Figures on top of, it's like drawn figures on top of pre-done backgrounds. It took me completely out of the comic That's probably book. what it is. It, and the backgrounds are probably computer generated. It, well, it just, it's not the Olivetti I'm used to. The figures and the forms are, but the comic book as a whole, no. That the, sucks. Space Ghost didn't get a Green Lantern costume. Space, no, he didn't. Uh, the only, re like, much like Booster Gold, the only redeeming thing for me out of this book was the artist. And even that, I was like, meh. And I didn't even read the backup. I don't even know who Rough and Ready are. Never heard of them. Didn't care. You don't know who Rough and Ready are? You don't even know who fucking... Don't be Googling it either. Shut up. Come on. Talk about the next I book. Might, no. Don't be Googling it. No, 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 no. I want you to continue on your rant. I want you to, and, I, and, I, and I will counter because the only one that I read was The Suicide Squad and The Banana Split. Okay, here we go. So we're going to be battling on this one, y'all. No, not battling. Uh, come on. You have your opinion, I have my opinion. Mine's right and yours Whoa! is... Whoa! Yours is to be counter mine. Mine is to, No, it is definitely not to be counter yours. All right, so we got the Banana Splits and Suicide Squad. Tony Bedard was the writer. Ben Caldwell again saved the book with his pencils. Mark Morales inks. Jeremy Lawson is the colorist, and he gets a lot of props for this book, too. Um, and I guess there was no letter. Oh, there it is. A Larger World's Troy and Dave. Oh, look, someone new did the lettering. Um, 
Yeah, so one banana, two banana was too much banana for this book for me. Uh, and if you don't know what that is, just Google the Banana Splits theme song. Um, I forgot there was an elephant in it. And when I went back to watch last night after I read these, I wanted to see the intro to the Banana Splits. It's like a giant rat with just a long nose. So I guess I never clicked it was a, an elephant. So I was shocked to see the elephant in here. Um, it's a very pedestrian story about the Suicide Squad being stuck somewhere. Oh, and they need help. Oh, no. The part with the where the Banana Splits were actually in jail, that was cute. Like four or five pages of them being in jail dealing with that and then beating people up. I really liked that. That was fun. I think had the Suicide Squad not been in this, I would have enjoyed it. I got to say, I really liked the pages they were in. It was cute. When they got all geared up, you know, to fight. Um, so anyhow, the Suicide Squad happens and it's a really stupid ending. And Why do you hate fun? Uh, I am a fun sucker. Why do you hate fun? It was stupid. You, you are the why? fun police. Because the woo, story woo, woo, sucked. Woo. It was pedestrian. There was nothing what? to it. Why? Did you it. just use the word pedestrian? Yeah, it was very. Oh my and, god. And the Psychic crazy children of the damn kids. <laughs> and then and then you had They were robots. If they were real kids, that would have been something. They were robots. Uh, what a trope. Gonna, gonna Doctor Doom made these lean not going to Arcade have makes super better. Arcade makes better. They were psychic robot kids that, no. that gained awareness robots. and they had to kill them. Robots. Yeah, I can't... I thought it was great. I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. I thought the artwork was stellar. Oh, no, that's what I mean. Again, the three things... Ben Caldwell needs to be on a book because... A regular book. A regular book. ASAP. I his like Katana. How they got, I, loved, I loved the flow of this book, though. How it all worked. His you know? Katana, gorgeous. Yes. His, the, his figures were beautiful. The way he drew the His line the girls, work and panels. The, the colors were the, great. Oh, my God. The colorist. The yes. colorist knows when to make it And the story fun. was fun. The story was fun. I loved Until seeing them Suicide get... Until Suicide Squad happened. No, I loved... Even Suicide Squad. This was yeah. the... This, for me, this was the best thing I've had. I mean, fucking Killer Croc with the Nom Nom trying to eat... Uh, Trying to eat the, the the gorilla, and then like I love how they all got separated out. I even I even I even liked Harley's portrayal in this book. You mean and Harley that didn't look or act like Harley? Yes, but because it wasn't that you know that trope Harley. This this was a better Harley, and the way she could understand what Elephant was saying. Okay, I like that part. I, I mean, will agree with on. that part. Like, and the dog, how the dogs. Um, and, and again, I know nothing about banana splits. I know it's from when when you were a teenager. <laughs> And I, you know, was a baby when it came out. So I knew nothing about the Blanda Splits. I mean, when I have to ask Coog. I had to Because look I think it up, Coog bitch. was on the production. Listen, bitch. <laughs> okay. So bitch. I didn't know anything about it. I didn't either. So, and then like the dog is sitting there. You know, uh, and he's... Do, and do the Banana Splits not have any names? I mean, like, I couldn't remember their names. I don't think anyone... I had no clue their names. I like, had to go... Literally, I Googled <laughs> the Banana Splits theme just so I could watch it and understand what the fuck was... And then, and then I didn't know... I didn't know if the if the lion was was a, was male or female, but because the lion was really kind of, like, out of, all over the place. And then, like, when they got the haircuts, and I thought, well, wait a minute, it's probably a boy lion. A male lion, because because female lions usually don't have a mane. So I was like, okay, it's a boy. But like w when they all got their haircuts and they all got like reservoir dogged out, and it's the fun. And then the ending, the ending, they're like, we we don't want to be bubblegum pop anymore. And then they become this weird ass like insane posse slash. Oh, that's what I. It, so in my head, I heard them so silly. I heard them like that. They're uh, it was they're like, uh, 
They're a, a metal but, rap. Yeah, no, no, but 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 the the lyrics were a riff on Straight Outta Compton, so it was like, and they had the 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 yellow, the orange jumpsuits on. It was just hilarious, and then like they're all talking about like what if I think we created a monster. Just, I thought it was fun. It was just fun. You know, it didn't take itself too seriously. That's why I think out of all the ones that I skimmed through and you read. The, the the banana squad the banana splits and suicide squad is the only one that actually got the message of the storyline and it was just to be silly. So I'll tell you right now. And then and out then, of the four, nope. Let me speak. Uh, out of the four, out of the four, I will say yes. Suicide Squad was the best. And then the Snagglepuss at the end, you know, even though he was gay, although he never once in there did he say I'm a flaming homosexual. It is just. I thought he was gonna fuck the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, was it what, who's that dog it's a how hauser or whatever his name i, I can know. never it's because it was doggy daddy and the other one i can never remember the, the kid's name but anyway um him tim you know uh talking about like the witch hunts and i mean yes it was a slice of life it, it was like the mccarthy hearings and when they were talking about defunding the arts augie augie thank you the augie augie doggy augie doggy <laughs> and it was like you know how augie was writing and Do you and, know i didn't even make that assumption how did you know that but I had no clue that that was who that was supposed to be. Yeah, it was Augie. He says his name. I know, but it never clicked in my yeah. head. It was da- the daddy and the weird... Yeah, daddy, doggy, and Augie. Augie ah. This was the kid. I watched these kids when I... I would watch this when I was a baby. I mean, again, it was past your... <laughs> it, was, it was after, you know, you were an adult and you were... You know what? In the workforce. You in know, my ninth life, when I, you were, it was a little... I'm a little older. When you were, when you were riveting and, like... You know, cans and stuff for world, during World War II. You know? <laughs> that was my... Uh, <laughs> Life but, before but, this, but but the the um the snaggle push, which I hope they continue, which was which was really fun. It like, is. It's supposed to be going. They're waiting for the writer of because ooh, it I want to say Flintstones to end because it seemed like this one was topical now because of what is going on with the witch hunts. Yeah, and, and and the political stuff and the cutting of the arts and stuff, and then and then you know when he tells Augie the story about yelling fire and no one listens to them and, and there was this huge brutal thing and, and like Augie was like well why should why should I write if I don't tell the truth and he's like well you know for one thing you, you just have to write because you because you want to write and you have to fight the fights because they need to be fought yep. whether you win or lose yeah it's very topical and it's funny because you talk about the saying fire you know and in, in a theater and everyone just laughs so. well because you, they're used to you not telling the truth exactly and I thought uh very, very now. It was just a really great, like, out of all of them, again, I think that this one is the one that really hit the mark of, of what, at least my opinion, what this fifth week event was trying to do. The other ones, I really... You know what it made me miss? What? People that could draw on comic books. I yeah. really wish Leonardi would get on a book. I wish... Uh, this Caldwell guy, I'm going to look up. He did, um, he did, is he uh, the, Prez. Is he the... He did press. Mm-hmm. He was an artist. That's that's one of the reasons why I read Prez so much was because I loved his art and the story was great. But his art, he needs to. They need to give him a book. I agree, one hundred percent. So that went on a little bit longer than what we were planning on. Planning uh, damn. on. But I'm glad that we did because you know what? People do these fifth week events, and you know, you, you got to do review them. You know, this, this is what we do. So uh, next, we're going to review is the Commandy Challenge number three. And if you don't know what the Commandy Challenge is, it's a DC. Um, uh, maxi series because it's 12 issues in which uh, each issue is a new writer and artist and they pick up where the story is going and they tell their portion of that story so the only thing the artists and the writers know from what I understand about the Commandy Challenge 
is is what has come before and then they pick up the script and then they write their script for their you know 22 pages or 20 however long it is and then they give it off to the next to the next writing team which i think is fantastic way to do this and i think if you're going to do a rotating artist and shit like that this is probably one of the ways you should do it not the way that marvel is planning to do um x-men so just an fyi for astonishing. that astonishing x-men just want to give a little you know to that Nudge. because i don't a like what shank doing in the that. side so uh, anyway so for this one oh, shiv, it's a shank is it a shank it's or a shank shiv? it's a sh- okay. it's, it's both actually so one for uh, each side thank you so it's Bug in Your Ear, and it's Jimmy Palmati and Amanda Con- Amanda Connor. So Jimmy Palmati was the writer. Amanda Connor is the artist. Which she doesn't do a lot of work, so this was... Uh, it was good. It was a nice treat. Um, Paul Mounts is the colorist, and Clem Robbins was the letterer. And it's uh, from DC. It's uh, $3.99 because it's of 12, and it's a maxi series. So in this one... Is there still 20 pages? Or uh, it, when you read it, does it feel... It felt like there's a lot of fucking story in this. Okay. A lot of sh- a lot of shit happens in this book, and that's what I've been really liking about the Commandy story because I've because it adds this sense of like I have no idea where this is going to go now because I don't know what this writer or an artist is going to do, you know. And I really like that, you know. And so with this one, it, it, it always ends on a cliffhanger. So the cliffhanger was the last one was Commandy the the doctor i can never remember the names the doctor the, the dog and the, the 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 cat the tiger prince i can't remember his name either they fall off a cliff <laughs> right and that's and it picks up with them falling and then they this turtle man because i i know nothing about commandy really like all that he all here comes a joke come all, on no all i know is that he's um he's the last man the last man on earth oh i thought you were gonna say something about it being the 70s no, no, no. Okay. It, it was a lot. He's the last, the last boy on earth. Yes. And so there's all these talking animals and stuff. And so people believe, some people believe he's a god. Some people believe he's a slave. So he's just kind of running around. And so as the story goes, we're learning more and more about, uh, about him because in this one, he gets rescued by these flying bat creatures and there's a turtle man and they're on this, they're on this, uh, this, this decommissioned battleship and they're, and they're they see oh, him still, as a god. It's still set on Earth, though. In yeah, case you didn't know. Yeah, that. it's still set on Earth. So it's set on Earth, but it's it's a different in the future. Earth. It's yes, a super future. But it might be it might be a different a different an alternate Earth. We're not really sure right now. And then and then you know, Commandy because he thinks he's a he's a god. There's this woman that was given to him, and she's made of vegetables. And then but but the weird thing about it though is is the people that were they're, they're bred to be food. So your food like literally walks around yes. with you, and then you eat the you eat the you eat them, and it was just so bizarre as they're like tearing into them and like slavery and stuff. It's just a really great story, and then and then um uh the 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 other flying you know bat creatures attack them, and and there's gnats that spy on them, and everything talks, and and then they escape because the the uh the flying bats attack them after commandies are like I'm not real, you know I'm not a god, and and they they, they they save they save two other the bad people and the bad people take them to a plant to, to another island in the island of the jackalman, right? And then they jackalman. Yeah, and then they cook the, the the people that saved them. The, yes, the bad I, people. I was not, I was shocked to see that they they, they fucking were gonna spit they spit roasted those bitches. I was like, what the fuck is going on? Book was great. Book was great. I think you should pick it up. Oh, and then and then they they. They get him high. Well, they, 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 they they blow some hallucinogen in his face and get Commandy high, and then they string him up to, for a jackal god, and jackal god's gonna eat him. And that's the cliffhanger for this one. It's just 
I love it. It's like all over the place. It what has, if I told you I read number four? You probably did, you bitch. That's fine. <laughs> you know, I, I don't blame you. I mean, shit, this is probably your life. I mean, you're, you know, back... It was one of them. Back when so you So I were... just want to say, I tried reading this. I really tried. You couldn't get into I it? I really tried. Are you serious? How, I what really happened? Tried. I tried. I, I only read it. I gotta be honest. I read these for the artists that they've gotten so far. Really? Yeah. The story has I been have great. loved the artists. So okay, I, so we're, we're, I read it. Issue two was fucking Neil Adams. Yeah. And I don't know. Neil Adams' art now is really rough for me to get through. And I, know, I know. I'm sorry. But I it worked on that. I think it worked. But it was. That's the thing. It, it worked, worked on it that was issue. Great. It so felt I know. fantastic. And now Amanda Connor, I love her art, so I read it when I can. So I kind of read some of the word bubbles, but otherwise, I was just looking through it, admiring the art. And I was just like, I just, for me, I love Jack Kirby Creatures. Yeah. And and, and yeah. this book just isn't hitting it for me yet. Really? Yeah. I've been loving just this, because this, this, I don't know where they're going. Like, seriously, there's no... There's... I like that. I like the fact that you don't. Like, next issue is going to be James Tinney in the fourth, who we both love. He writes Detective. Yeah. And I want to say it's Carlos. Yeah. Dendada. Yeah. Again, it's going to be... An artist and a writer I like, so I'll be flipping through it. And their take. That's I love it because is I love it because Commandy is exploring this world just as the reader. And it's very it's interesting because cause as the reader, we're we're able to to be just as involved, almost almost as involved in the story as Commandy because we're going through this as well. Okay. So I I really I've really enjoyed it. Let's just say real quick, if you don't know. Astonishing X-Men, when it launches in July or August, um, is rumored to have different artists every issue. Now, I think the reason why the Commandy book works with a different artist is because it also has a different writer, and they've told us what this setup is going to be, as opposed to just different writers on different books. Well, yeah, Commandy, all it was was, they didn't really tell us what Commandy was, you know, even still to this to this day, when the first issue was released and we got that little intro page by um, Dan Didiot and some other people, we got um, all it was was like a, a bunch of nonsense words and stuff about like command D as, you know, command D as, as a command function, like command F or command G. But it was command D and that's how his name, what he, that's how he tags himself. Like, what is command D? Find your place and stuff. So we're like, so you think the mystery of the series as a maxi series, the mystery along with finding out new pieces, having different art styles and a different writing style works because it's almost like you're What's watching um, TV where it's different writers and directors, but it's the same cast. Well, no, no, not even that so much because it's like it's honestly like um, when you were a kid and and or you were in a writing class. I mean, or and you had to write a you had to beginning write. Yeah, you had to begin writing a story, and then you pass it on to your friend, and they continue the story, and they continue the story. It's like it's like that, and I think that's what that's what I like about it because it it there's certain tropes that you can have because it's superhero. No matter what, it's a superhero fantasy type of comic, so there's certain things that th they might bring into it, you know. And, but I I think it's interesting because they're just telling a one and done and adding their their perspective to this challenge. I think that's something that's that's been done before but only in like classes but it's fresh for this genre for this genre because i don't think that's been done in, in a long time if, if ever and especially being on a book that isn't 
canon to the DCU. Yeah, or it, it just might exists. be you don't know. It exists. Okay, that'd be some weird ass shit if it was if it, if they if they connected it to the fifty two and what's happening there. Now, what is going to be the difference for you with a different artist on Astonishing? Um, because in Astonishing, it's going to be the same. It's going to be the same writer. And the same writer is going to be trying to tell a cohesive story. And you think and I that... think that's gonna and I think that's gonna be the problem because in my mind as a reader, and I don't know if any if other readers are like that, is is that you expect a book a book that is an ongoing series to have a writer and an artist. And and that writer artist team kind of sets the tone. The writer sets the tone and the feel, as does the the, the artist. I think the problem with, with a series like X-Men is is that doesn't for me it doesn't work because there becomes this disjointedness with the with with how the characters are being portrayed because the styles could be different they could be completely different oh know? they're gonna be oh i mean you're I gonna know. be getting an artist like greg land following jim chung or see that's what i mean olivia how you say copial yeah how do you say his name? oliver copial and then mixed with you know another artist olivier sorry but it's just again, that's the thing that, that that I think is that is weird. Like you can do it on an arc, you know, have have have, yeah, have I wouldn't one mind writer, every have first one, six. Yeah, like switch it off every so often because they did that with Spider Man when it was uh when it was Dan Slott and I guess a couple other writing and, and they were like the um the heads of the Spider Man, you know, team or they were the brain trust or whatever and they were writing about Spider Man. Um and so every couple issues they would switch out. And I thought that was fine, and then they finally got rid of that. And let Dan Slott, you know, just take the cake, and he's been running ever since. I'm, I just don't think that it's going to work like that on a, on such a high profile book. You know, number it sucks. one, because and, and because it, they already tried it on Scarlet Witch, and it didn't work. Uh, it did not work for me. See, no, no, it didn't work because they're canceling it. Well, yeah, you know, you or it has been canceled. It has been canceled. You so if, when you look at like Image Saga, it's been the same writer, same artist. The difference is they take a couple months off. Um, basically all my favorite books for Image have the same artist and they've had. Back in the day, X-Men would have the same artist on runs. Now in the 90s, they got a little too crazy with their artists sometimes and like every issue was someone different or they'd have like the same for like mm. two issues and then it'd be the styles never matched. And I feel like for me, those were the books I remember and not fondly. Like, there was a run on Justice League where there was a lot of different artists. Yeah. And it was some of the worst stuff because you really didn't care mm. at all. And yet, you look at what the New 52 has done, or I'm sorry, Rebirth has done. Because they come out twice a month, there's rotating, or the idea at least, was to have two or three artists on one book. So you read Aquaman, so you know it's going to be one of these different artists. Yeah. And I think that's fine though, because one of the things is a lot of those artists, their styles are similar. Number one. And number two, they'll do like two or three issues and then they'll switch off to the next one. And I think that works a lot better. And it's, and it's not as shocking to the, to the reader. I also think having mini arcs. Yeah. So I'm loving DC the mini arcs. does one issue or maybe one, two. It's usually, uh, they'll usually do one issue in between as like a, as like a, um, a breathing issue with the, you know, like, like give everyone breathing room to kind of set up something and then they'll launch into like another two or three, uh, mini series, which I think is really which great. Which usually has the same artist. Yeah. And that's how you could do it. But 
rotating artists every issue. I just it's, think it's gonna. It's too quick. It's too quick, and it's jarring. And I think people like to get they like to get attached to writers and artists. And I think that Marvel is doing a disservice to artists by by not giving them the work. I mean, granted, you know, it, it allows it allows more artists There's to get some work. Slow ass artists. I know, out but there. but again, it allows people. It allows you know the artists to get work other artists to get work and that's great good good for them but like i don't know it it doesn't seem like it would work in an ongoing series like i i I think they could have done commandy and did that with with some you know um up and coming up and coming artists but i don't think people would buy it i think people are buying these books for the names attached the writer and the artist i think they're they're buying them yeah i mean Mm. i hate to say it but that's the only reason why i read this month's issue is because i love amanda connor had it not been Amanda Connor, I thought you were reading because we were reviewing it. Just kidding. No. <laughs> All righty. So that that's our little diatribe about that. We're Sorry. probably going to talk more about it when when the first issue of uh, Astonishing. Well, we're going to love out. that. It's Jim Chung, I believe. Well, well, probably not. That's just the cover. Who knows? Who the knows? The next book we're going to review though is Teen Titans Annual Number One from DC. Dan Abnett was the writer. Minkyu Jung was the yeah. artist. Young. Adriano Lucas was the colorist, and Carlos M. Mangual was the letterer. And one of our uh, longtime listeners gave me, he sent it, I gotta send it to you, a how to pronounce people's name website. <laughs> We're but gonna have to start using no, it. No, this is our shtick. No, it's, I, I agree with him. You know, you, you when you become a big writer, do you want people saying, you know, Desmond, me, me, Larlar? That's fine. Because if they call me Desmond Millar, I'd be like, yes, I'm related to him. <laughs> Sorry. But your spell with an E, not an A. Well, it's because he's British and I'm English. Yes. But we, he's, he's, he's a distant cousin. He's my cousin. He's my cousin. <laughs> he's my cousin. He's my cousin. So this is... On my dad's side. Titan's Legacy, where uh, the first, I guess, first official meetup between the Titans and the Justice League since the new rebirth. And... It's funny it took this long. <laughs> right. Uh, it has a cover by Brett Booth, but the inside is this new artist. And I have to say, it was a little jarring in the beginning. Some of the figure and forms were very wonky. But I think once they got into drawing these characters, as the book went on, the art got so much better. And I don't... Not like, oh my God, it sucked. But I think that... I think that the, the forms then came to them once they started drawing. Yeah, I loosened up. And loosened up. But the parademons, boy, I wish these were the parademons from that movie trailer. You know, colored. <laughs> uh, the story was there. The villain, shocking villain. Um, we don't know which... So the villain was the key. If you don't know the key... Um, he was a, he was an inter-gang chemist who used... Uh, psycho-enhancing drugs in order to unlock his uh, his mind's uh, potential. Because I guess we only use 10% of our brains, which that's kind of not true. But anyway, he used drugs to allow himself, his brain to perceive uh, much stronger levels of senses. So he has like 19 different senses that he has now he used to due be, to... He used to have this. a giant key on his head. Do you remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. So then, when Grant Morrison wrote the Justice League, he redesigned, or someone redesigned. I don't want to. I don't know who to give credit to. Being this really lanky kind of 
pixie looking nut job. Yeah, there was explained that he went he went into a self induced coma for a couple of months, and during his coma, it was in order to expand his senses. And this is what happened to it was the result of him coming out with the long hair and the Marilyn Manson kind of eyes and everything and being all gaunt and stuff was 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 due to that. Um, and so he's he basically has all of the Justice League and the Titans. Well, not all of them, all of the Justice League that has proteges. So it's Batman, Nightwing, Aquaman, Aqualad, uh, Wonder Woman, Wonder Woman Donna, Donna Troy. Troy, Flash and Wally. And they're trying to unlock. He, he wants to unlock the secrets of the Supermind because Superman is able to um, open up different dimensions, which which is really interesting when in that concept because if you remember if you if you read the Superman Reborn, it was Superman's power that kind of helped merge uh, the realities, right. uh, the old Superman and the new Superman's reality merged them together. So superheroes are actually more powerful than they than 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 the readers are are expecting or or that they even know. Um, because the key was trying to siphon off their their emotional states, uh, because they're they're causing friction between them, and and you know Wonder Woman was being all like a bitch to Donna, and yeah, the, and Bruce the, was being all like being all aggressive, not passive, but like you know dismissive of Tim, and 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 Arthur treated everyone with such a level of disrespect, it's crazy. Yeah, and and then the only one that really kind of worked. Work, the two people worked out was like Wally and the Flash, and they were like, "No, you're not my prodigy. You're your own person." Blah blah. blah. And and then we finally get to see what's going on with where Wonder Woman hasn't talked, hasn't spoke to Donna, you know, and 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 everything. And then they find out, um, they they find a way out of where they're bro- where where they're being held as they're being tested, and you know, try to get their emotional stuff out. The key, the jollies, and they attack the key, and the key pulls out his key gun, and he's uh-huh. trying to stop them. And then he's like, I'm out of here. And he like, because the Justice League are able to, other Justice League is able to find them. Um, and the key escapes. But the key escapes into a doorway into a white room. That someone's on the other side. And then he was trying to siphon this emotional energy to try to get them to get back into our world. Correct. You know, in, into that world. So I don't know what's going on. And you know? one of the things the key knows is that Batman and Flash have the, button. the smiley button. Because yeah. that was something that was they were showed on a monitor Yep. because there's stuff in here that really does advance the plot for Batman flash, but also for, um, I think it did a lot for the Titans book and I'm really excited to read the Titans book. Actually, no, I am too. Because of what happened in this issue. We also learned, and because Rockford's coming back, but yes. Hey, so we learned Donna's rebirthed origin and it is the, Kind of old origin from the New 52, where she was still molded from clay. But she, she was, was made still, a weapon to, her, to she, kill Yep, she was Diana. still created as a weapon, but they prevented it, and then they gave her false memories so she could live a stable, uh, stable life. You know, they made her believe that she was a human child, orphaned, rescued by Wonder Woman, raised by the Amazons, which was the pre- um, yeah. Donna, back when uh, it was the Who is Donna Troy, mm-hmm. that was the origin that came before her becoming uh, Troya and then a Dark Star. But anyhow, so she, uh, the Amazons wanted her to live as others live to become, you know, a Titan, a hero. So I'm very happy that the whole fate thing was erased because that was just dumb. 
but my thing, but my thinking is is twofold actually. One, the the uh, memories that they implanted in her are going to be a one of the focal points of of what's going to be changed in this new or alt reality that they're creating. What she remembers, yeah. because because the memories that they give her. Like, will they be tied to the memories of the, the, the residential memories of the pre-52 Donna Troy? Yeah. Number one. And then number two, the key that was that was introduced in here, I don't, if I remember correctly, and I tried to, I tried to Google this and look it up, but I, there has not been a, uh, a uh, version of the key in the new 52 yet. So. Rebirth. Rebirth, sorry. Uh, no, it, not in the New Are 52. Are you talking either. about New 52? No, so no, I, New 52 or... I don't think... Yeah, so well, we're thinking... he is here now, No, so. no, but I'm thinking... But Rich and I are thinking this is the key from pre-52. Pre-52, pre-New 52, yeah. which would be great. And so we're thinking... Because, again, we've had other people that were that are that are pre-New uh, 52 showing up. Right. So I'm thinking that, you know, there's... They're really... Uh, I don't know. DC is a really doing something here and it's and it's exciting like i'm excited about this and mm -hmm. and it's weird though because because i wasn't gonna pick up just i wasn't gonna pick up titans and then rich was like you gotta read it you gotta read it and i'm like fuck you know like i, I wonder if people once all this is said and done if people are actually gonna go back and try to read these these books or these clues it kind of reminds me of what stephen king is doing with the dark tower and like you know, and how all his books are all connected and all this bullshit like that. I'm like, is this what DC's trying to do? Because if it is, that's kind of cool. And like, we don't know what we're going to, what we need to read or what we don't need to read. And, and, and do we need to read it to know all what's going on? Hopefully not. But like, I'm excited for some of this DC stuff right now. It's yeah. really like, wow. You know, the other thing that as a longtime Titans fan, new teen Titans, Titans, I love was... Nightwing really laid it out. I think it was Nightwing that said, there's a huge difference between you and us. We care about each other. We're a family. No, it was all of them. You're just super-powered people who just come together. Yeah. And the family part with the Titans was something, and it goes, I mentioned it earlier, with the Who Was Donna Troy. You know, Dick was like, I'm going to help find out who you are. And they did that. It was a beautiful story about them finding that. And it's that friendship that we've missed from these books. I agree. And when they all ga gathered around her, when Wonder Woman you know, dropped that was, bomb. They all came to her side. And the, yeah. that was what made Omen oh, yeah. know where they side. were. She felt her pain. <laughs> but then fucking Batman's like, we don't have time for this. I'm like, fuck you, Batman. Like, fuck <laughs> You'd you. say that too. I would be like, fuck you, Batman. So we've come to the Marvel point of this episode. And we're probably going to end it with the Marvel stuff because there was a lot of Marvel stuff that came out. Um, yeah, Marvel, thank you for the good week. So we're going to start off with Inhumans Prime because the Inhuman Pro Inhumans Prime is the one that ends all of the Inhumans books. Thankfully. Um, oh, that's well, fun. <laughs> it's not that it ends it. It's just like it kind of sets the stage because all of the Inhumans books had their own last issue that ended everything. So Inhumans Prime is basically a series of... Not a series of, but it's like a it story. It wraps up and presents the future. Exactly. You know, so Inhumans Prime, number one, um, which I was actually kind of like, I was, because I wasn't a huge fan of the Inhumans. So if anyone knows me, knows that I was like, okay, you know, they're X-Men light. I wish, you know, quit trying to push them. They're not, never going to be fetched. Get rid of it, you know. But I don't know. After this, what's going on? I, I don't know. But anyway, the writer was Al Ewing. Uh, the penciler, pencilers were Ryan Sook and, and Chris Allen. Uh, uh, English was Ryan Sook, Walden Wong, and uh, Keith Champagne. And the colorist was Paul Mounts. And the letter was VC's Clayton Cowles. 
Um, and the cover artist was John Boy Myers, so I cannot wait to read in uh, uh, Royals, Royals number one next so week. So in this one, we get to see finally, and he's finally doing stuff with them. Marvel Boy, Marvel All Boy, shirtless. yeah, is doing stuff By with Ryan the, with with the Cree because yep. I guess the Cree. Uh, from his world, his dimension. We keep forgetting that he's not from this. He's not from the six one six from an whole another dimension. The what? The six one six. We call it that. I call we it still that. call it that. Fuck yeah, fuck that. that. Um, <laughs> he doesn't. He knows the secret to the Terrigen Mist, which makes you believe that there's going to be more Terrigen Mist somewhere. And then we get to see what happened. I guess with Maximus again. I never read it. So Maximus was had a had a. A deal with Trit- Triton lineage, the unspoken, um, in which they were trying to overthrow the. He's yes. Trying to do something bad. And in the last couple issues of the IVX crossovers, they were also trying to get the last and figure out how to continue their lineage. Yep. And so, but there are they're outlaws and they're walking in the desert, and then Karnak and Lockjaw show up, and you know, Fight. Karnak I mean, takes it. possession. Fight. Well, Karnak takes possession of. Of Triton and Triton and uh, Karnak fight. Uh, no, sorry, Maximus, Maximus takes, takes this. Yeah, because he can control people's minds, so he makes him fight. And then while he he gives like the unspoken some the some terrigen, terrigen, and he turns every time he eats, he gets these weird new powers. It's, well, yeah, and he, it, it's he, very limited. Yeah, but it's superpowers. He gets a superpower that is like awesome. So it's just and then Minotaur. they all show up in a two-page spread. Which is kind of cool. And yeah. then they all fight. And they all fight. And they all fight, 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 fight. The, the end. The, the no, it's not the end. The Inhumans fighting show. And then Seer pushes forward, pushes the uh, thing in forward in time by three seconds. Cause, which makes Reader, it, not Seer. Whatever. He pushes <laughs> He pushes it forward. He pushes him forward in time. And he, his powers burn out. And then Maximus, you know, who's I love her. She was on... Uh, it wasn't a very good story they wrote, but I liked her. She was on... She's like Artie. Or she's like Leech, sorry. She was on uh, Crystal's team uh, in All New Inhumans. And that book quickly started out great and then crashed. But she was one of the people in it. And she had a lot of doubts. And and it's nice to see her finally stepping up. Yes, because she was able to deaden people's powers. Yeah. And so she deadened Maximus and they take him away. But Maximus, of course, has other plans. And... Can I tell you what I think? Uh... I think they switched brains. Because he acts really different afterwards, I think that Maximus switched minds with him. Because we know Max, we know Black Bolt is going to a prison. Oh, so I it's going to be interesting to see how this works. But that's my belief. Do you think Max? Do you think Maximus switched his brain with I Black think, Bolt? Uh, something his 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 mental or something. But I truly believe that well, because he Black said something Bolt, was a secret, and then yep. I think something happened and he switched. Mm, okay. Well, that that would be kind of interesting, I guess. Uh, you can tell on this page that the new, the last... Um, artist. Color, no. Same, there were only two artists. The last colorist came on because it feels Oh, yeah. The colors different. were completely different. The body lines, everything's different because Ryan Sook penciled his own or inked his own. Chris Allen, I think, was Walden Wong. And I think this guy, uh, I think it's the... The inker that rounded out the faces. Things looked really... The, the art was jarring because I kept going to see if there was a third artist. And I think it oh, was... the inker. The inker, the, inker can, the inker can really change the look Drastically. I love this. Like, I think he should be the inker because these two... These look great. Mm. We'll have to disagree on that one. But. And the other thing is 
the Inhumans are finally not going to be royalty led. They're actually going to have some kind They're of a democracy. democracy. And I'm like, this is kind of cool in the way that if they can take this and make like a political but yet superhero fun space romp, I think that'll work a lot. It could be fun. And then, and then at the end, we get to see Marvel Boys. Marvel Boy tells Crystal, hey, come with me if you want to become awesome. And we know in their previews that Marvel Boy is going to be talking to them about trying to get more Terrigen Mist or and to join create. him in space. And the join Royal, him in space. Yep. So there's going to be... Um, so the, the books, yeah, the books we can expect. Royals. Uh, so the Royals will be coming out, and Next that week. is by Al Ewing and, and John Boy Myers. Uh, we can look at... That's his number two. Yeah, and they, they go. In, yeah, they go into space, and the Kree horde interrupts them. And then we get uh, Secret Warriors one and two with uh, Matthew Rosenberg and Xavier Garone. I don't know what to expect from that. It's the Inhumans led by Earthquake Sky. Yep, or whatever they call her here. Oh, Jesus. And it's going to be the Inhumans uh, fighting against the Secret Empire. Okay, that'll be interesting. So they're trying to be heroes on the world. Okay. And then uh, the last one is Black Bolt number one by Saladin Ahmed and Christian Ward. Looking forward to this. Christian Ward is the artist of I don't know. Infinite Vacation. I can't wait. His I, art is amazing. I, I, I don't know. We're going to review them, but I don't know. I'm glad that the that the Inhuman books are going down. Um, not going <laughs> down, but not going down, but you know, there, there's not as many of them. You know, there was a lot. Of, there was a lot at one time, and I'm glad that we're just down. And especially the the most useless one I did not like. I know some people like it. I did not like Mosaic as a character. He was he was It's still going, isn't it? It well it's it's cancelled, of course, but yeah, it's I mean over. it wasn't a miniseries? No, that you know. That was ongoing. They wanted that to get to Mosaic like forty seven, I think. <laughs> It had like four readers by the end of it. So we're going to go into all new X-Men. It was the last issue of this second or third run, whatever run it was. Dennis Hopeless was the writer. Paco Diaz, the artist, who it did not look like his art at all. Nolan Woodard did the coloring. And VCs, Corey Pettit was the letter. Gotta say, I love Paco Diaz. This art was not him. I don't know. He has a new style. I just... I. Um... So we learned that the O5 is not the O5. They're just some X-Men from some other universe. And that's it. Spoiler. We're done. We're not done. He didn't like it that much. No, actually, I thought it was okay. Oh, you did? Okay. Only only because it was like, God damn it. You know, the, the O5 are here to stay. Because it looks like when, when the Beast actually does take them back home... He finds that the universe itself has corrected the mistake because they have gone too long. And I'm going to assume that maybe two universes merged together to form secret wars to form or secret wars fixed it or I whatever. Think secret wars fixed it. So, so now the it's, X-Men, it's lame to say that this fixed it because well, yeah, but um, it looks like they are not that timelines X-Men, there's something else. Yeah, well, they're an anomaly now. They, yeah. they are a time anomaly, and then that kind of frees them up to be whoever they want to be. That is why we bitched about it. Why aren't the changes now? Why, you know, why is an angel fire wings? Because they're it, not it, from here. Yeah, they're it not, wasn't they're that not from here anymore. The, the timeline either fixed itself, Secret Wars did some bullshit to it. Um, but it doesn't matter, because I'm looking forward to blue com- what's well, coming to blue. Well, actually, to tell you the truth, now that the the thought of them going home ha- is now moot. Now you just want them fucking dead. Well, no, not even that though, ah. because because here was the thing. 
Here's part, the thing. Part of me drink. Drinks. We haven't done that in a long I time. I haven't. I've been doing because of you, you bitch. Anyway, so the thing that that kind of stuck out to me now is that when you take that, the idea of not going home. When you take that away, you are forced to accept that what they're is here happening. to stay. That they're here to stay. And now I could either be pissy, you know, pissy like some fans who will rename nameless, um, and I'll be like, okay, they're here to stay. They're not going anywhere. This is our new Scott. This is our new Gene. These are our new, you know, O five X Men. And you notice and, they've and, changed um, Angel just enough to where they definitely will not be the same. Well, yeah, yeah, and it's like okay, the relationship between Gene and Scott over. Yeah, um, and I'm just like okay, you know, do, is this enough now to free me up as a reader? Yep. To just allow them to blossom into these new characters, not having the baggage that those old characters had. Because in my mind, I was always like, okay, the fates of these characters are always sealed because at, at, at some point they have to go back and become the X-Men that yep. I know. That doesn't have that doesn't or, happen anymore. Or it was going to switch when they went back. Everything that has happened to them is going to be erased to the adult. Well, yes. Or, or it gets erased. Everything that happened now, and they just go back to these like you know, I'm a little kid. This fifties yes. or whatever you know, you know. But now that it's gone, and so I'm left with okay. I can't now really be angry at the O five now because they are literally these characters now. With can a be blank so slate. yeah can be so far removed from their counterparts because those counterparts these are now not going to become those counterparts anymore they can't you know because their history has already been changed so I'm, my hope now is that what the stories that they're doing with them will be good and that's why I'm like okay I after reading seriously after reading this book oh. i was like okay oh. oh so you're glad you got it now i hate you so much anyway so <laughs> so i was like okay i read it I, I i'm at peace with it now i can finally read x-men blue and just see if i can enjoy it and not have it be this you know oh they're gonna leave anyway fuck this these people and blah 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 they're here to stay okay you know i, I can either try opening up or i can just be like whatever and i'm gonna try to open up and be okay you know about it so three things What's up? After reading the end of Uncanny X-Men with Magneto, and Magneto's dead, and now the O5 leaving, not wanting, you know, Kitty and them to know, and they're forcing their own or forging their own path. Now I'm even more excited to read Blue because I want to know how these two connect oh, yeah. and what is going to go on. And that's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Two. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. I'm really excited because now knowing that this gene is not the one that died 500 times, this gene is a fresh gene. Yeah. Now I'm even more excited to read her book because the Phoenix Force is coming and now we know she's brand new. She's a gene. So what is this going to do to the forces? Exactly. Like, I'm, I'm really excited to read what's coming because with these characters, I still hate Scott. I'm never going to like him. But maybe these new characters will get that spark back. Yeah. And the other thing I want to say, has adult Iceman in any book, I don't remember, acknowledged that he's gay? 
Adult Iceman? Adult. Yes. He yeah. has. Yeah, when when remember that big stink when the young Iceman had a conversation with old Iceman? And so old Iceman was like, okay, yeah, I, I am gay. I've never really thought about it. But this is their out. This is their out. And I'm saying this not in a way, guys, that I think older Iceman shouldn't. But it allows the fans that wanted adult Iceman to be straight because all his failed female relationships, he's always been gay to me. But since they're not the same person, young Bobby is gay, 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 which does not mean well, older Bobby has to that's, be gay. But that's assuming that's assuming that that that's assuming that 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 would happen. So what I believe happened is is you take you take a string, right? You take a string, as this is the timeline in the Marvel universe, and then you basically cut that string, and then you bring the string over on itself. And you bring it up to the to, to the current where where Beast came and brought them in, right? So they're over here and they're continuing on the string. Well, I think what happened was was at that time frame when the um, when Beast plucked them in and how, how time kind of wrapped around itself. The time itself basically took that piece and then folded it back to where Beast came in, creating that that um, yeah, but but who that has to say that that's but, how but, Bobby felt. But that's what before. I mean, though. But that's what I mean. That's assuming that it was two separate timelines. Right. I'm thinking it's the same. It's the same timeline. It's just how the writers are interpreting it is is it basically the, the universe recreated itself in the way that it was supposed to be because time because we've always said it in, in all in all all novels all books and fantasy time does not like to be fucked with and that's I think that's where this is coming from because I now. got thinking about each and every character and what they could become. So like Beast, oh, and what's what was Beast changing into a, a horn? Oh, thing? you didn't read it. So it I was, didn't read it. It was with Doc Strange or Doctor Strange, and that's how he. And was he able got to... this mask, and he it's yeah something huh. like that. I don't remember. I don't. I didn't know he could still do this. I really well, it caused some pain, I guess. And Jean yeah. opened her eyes that little bit. She opened her eyes, and she was looking at him. She's like, I don't read people's minds anymore. With but I'm gonna look when you tell me not. Yeah, to. and I'm like, girl, come on. Um, so are we done with this? Because I want to say one last thing about sure. the last panel on this. Or not last panel, but one of the things that um, when Scott and Gene, yeah, they're not going to be together. And Scott's like, I don't I don't know. Where do we go from here? And Gene says, forward. We go forward. Which brings me to X-Men Prime, which came out. And this is the first of the new Resurrection. It's X-Men Prime. Oh, got my light. Get out my light. Mark Guggenheim, Greg Pak, and Colin Bunn were the writers. Ken Lashley, Ibrahim Robertson, and Leonard Kirk with Guillermo Ortega were the artists. They're two different colors. I can't see this. The artists were Maury Hollowell. Oh, no. The colorists were Maury Hollowell, Frank D'Amata, and Michael Garland, and the letter, thank God it's only one, VCs Joe Caramanga, thank you. Um, whoever did this inside font and the coloring doesn't work. Uh, but this is, you know, all new. Direction. Kid, he's leading. Finally, the teacher has become, the, the, sorry, student. The, the student has become the teacher. I want to know what you thought. I talked first. You, you go. I want to know what you thought. The last one. I want you to go first, though. Cause okay, fine. Uh, that was good. There you go. You know. <laughs> I thought it was good. I gotta be honest. I love Ken Lashley's art. I his art in this was 
way different than his uncanny X-Men stuff. The one thing that was kind of confusing was when did this take place? Did this take place... Um, it took place after... It took Okay, it took place after um, the war with the humans versus the X-Men, but before the end of Uncanny X-Men? I think it takes place... Or X-Men? No, un, for Uncanny X-Men, that happened right after... The only reason why I ask is because when Storm brings Kitty to Limbo... Right? Um, they're like, this is where we're at. Blah, 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 blah. They I'm say, thinking, I brought all the students back. Okay. She I, makes a I line. I was a little confused about, about So this, was I. Because like, are they staying here? But I thought they were leaving. And so, She brings okay. back everyone to make the decision on what to do. Okay. Yeah. Alrighty. So it starts. And if you ever read, um, what was it? I don't know. Days of Future Past. Yes. And you saw older Kitty. This reminded me of Kate. So I even called her Kate when I was reading it. Aww. Because she's back to being her in Chicago. You called her Kate. Oh. Kate. And it's great because Beautiful Storm shows up and says, we need to talk. And I was like, two pages in and I'm already like, I can feel the difference. The waves of, of emotion are coming off this book. Oh, I gotta Lord. be honest, guys. I hated the last couple years of X books, and reading this made me so excited of what's coming. Yeah, and basically set the stage. The O five is well, Kitty Storm says I'm leaving. I want you to 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 run the school. And Kitty's like, I need to go. We need to talk. Yeah, and then it flashes to uh, Lady Deathstrike, and Lady Deathstrike is trying to get to her safe house, but she's killing folks or trying to kill folks, and oh, I guess was, she saves someone. And she then killed she kill a guy him. to save a bunch of... I mean, typical anti-hero shit. Yes. So it's like, okay. And then, so they're recruit Not recruiting. They're stealing, like, X-Force. They're killing people. No, oh, no, no. They're stealing They're stealing the old X-Force. Old Man Logan, yes. Sabretooth, uh, Warpath, Lady Deathstrike, and Domino. And if Warpath dies, I'm going to rip that. Whatever issue <laughs> it is, I love Warpath so much. So they're, they're, they're recruiting them, and they're... I guess it's a kill so, squad. Yes. It's like gonna, Suicide Squad. They want to kill mutants. Yeah, and so they're using mutants to kill mutants, and so we're gonna see how that works, and that's in Weapon X. So that's that's your kind of preview into Weapon X. Correct. Again, I haven't seen Lady Deathstrike in a long time. I think she looks just like her movie counterpart, which I'm kind of like, really, really. I I was a little I was a little. They put her. By they that, put her in the black leather. Um, probably it was right around the time that the, when her X Men Two came out. That's when they did it. Back then, yeah, yeah, that's when they did it. When she was, I mean, they changed her look, and she looks like the woman. She looks like the actress that played uh, Lady Deathstrike oh, in the X Two movie. She that's, does the facial wise looks exactly, a lot like and I'm it. like, okay, so th- this is her new look, and I was like, okay, fine, whatever. So I, it was cool to see her because she's a longtime X Men enemy, and I want to see what's going on with her. So I'm like, all right, I might Don't have to check her out. Oh, yeah. So then we go to the school and more talking. Kitty's like, I wonder who's staying in my old room. And guess who it is? It's Colossus. And I thought, oh, oh did, you, did you get more feels from this one too? Where oh. you're like, oh, the waves are coming off. Uh-huh. The comic. Oh. And uh-huh. like, little trip down memory lane. Oh, it was so wonderful. But then, you know what? Uh, and she's like, oh, at the beginning, she's like, I'm done with men named Peter. And I was uh-huh. like, I had to think about it. I was like, Three of them. Yeah, but I had to think about it. And I was thinking, oh my God. She's totally. You never knew that? No, no, no. I, it, it's like, it was like that whole Batman Superman thing where the, the Martha was Martha, the same man. I Peter. Told, it was the total Martha <laughs> moment. I was like, oh yeah, she did have sex with a lot of Peters, didn't she? Dun, 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 dun. Get it? Peter <laughs> had sex with a lot of Peters. So, anyhow, she's <laughs> the whole thing is. is that we, was for you, Charles. We get, uh, yes. We get these, these feels moments with Kitty walking down the old halls. 
and she's seeing the life, you know, Jubilee, and then Being the kids. A mom. And then, weirdly inserted, because we need to, it's the 05. I it was weirdly inserted. It was I thought it weird. Was, I thought it was cool. Like, no, it, they were talking about what I, what I thought was weird is they would have such a deep conversation and then it'd be fucking recording. That's yeah, it's I, a total twist. That's what I thought was kind of weird. It was a recording. So we get, it It really comes right, I would say, right after they're done dancing in All New X-Men. I think that's when they talk. And they decide, we're not going to tell them where we're going. We're just going to do our own. And it's Leonard Kirk. And Leonard Kirk was the artist on the Squadron Supreme for the oh, first. Yeah. I love his art. So seeing, seeing like The Brood and Spiral and Omega Red all drawn by an Ahab. I love. I think I was one of the only people that loved Ahab as a character. No, I liked him too. He was so cool, uh, and like the Blob. You see them fighting. It's a great half splash page, um, and they leave, and that is your. And then Kitty's all, "Where did they get a Blackbird?" Yep. So <laughs> that is their um, introduction to X Men Blue, which comes out the same week that Weapon X comes out. I want to say it's the fourteenth or around there. Uh, and then we get friendship again. Oh, this whole book is friendship. Um, so many fails. Oh, so many. Oh, yeah. Ileana. Ileana and her. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Drink twice. Um, is, is it, isn't this Ileana's realm, number one? They're in limbo. Uh-huh. How the fuck did Storm get there without Ileana knowing? Huh? They have a teleporter door. Give me some bullshit. That's some bullshit. <laughs> that is some bullshit. She is literally the door woman for that whole, that whole place. She's like, you want to go live? She is the go, door right? woman. Uh, and then, you know, Kitty and her talk, and, and they... They bond, they rebond, and she's like, bitch, you're here to stay, right? And then they <laughs> assemble all the, the people. Uh, Kitty does the inspiringness. She's all has her inspired talk about how we're a family, and we're coming together, we're going to be together, and... and the, 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 the we're going to be heroes. We're gonna we be are going to be heroes. What's that you, like? know what, you know what I loved? I loved it's no longer, oh, the X-Men are dying, oh, death to mutants. No, this book represented what the X-Men used to represent, life, and you know I it, loved it. You know what it represented? What? A working contract between Marvel and Sony Studios. I don't care. <laughs> Fox, Let Fox it Studios. be a fucking contract. It finally, this book <laughs> gave me what I have been waiting for. And then they move. Oh, wait a minute. And then Storm, and then, wait a oh, minute. Oh, yeah. No, Maybe. my first thing I'm going to do as leader you can't leave. And, and I was, was like, great. Yep, she's she... flexing her power. You've always been the heart and soul of the team, Storm. You have to stay. We're not losing you. And we I thought, can't. Aw. I loved it. Oh. She's like, uh, you can be our mag- magical Negro, Storm. <laughs> stay with us. We, we need you, Storm. Uh, <laughs> and, and then they're, they're in Central Park. That was the one thing that killed me. Why the fuck would they be in Central Park? Who's zoning that? Okay, <laughs> come on. You know what? They're mute. Who can fuck with them? But Who's going to fuck with them? I'm Who's going to be like, um, you're not supposed to be here. No, you know what I they would be? Should. If they'd be like, do you know what the Inhumans did to that? Actually. Like New York gets fucked yeah, over. Yeah, there's like, there's like the, the Inhumans are in the fucking like, bay over there, okay? <laughs> we, got, we got Inhumans in the bay. We got Mutants in the, the park. park. What the fuck is going on? <laughs> Seriously, I, I would have to I would have to move to like, why well, wouldn't, where would you, it's like, where would you live? Like, if you're listening. Idaho. If you're Ain't no superheroes in Idaho. Yeah, if you're listening, hopefully you are. Like, go into the geek chat and let us know. Like, where's the safe place in America? Yeah, where's the safe place? Because you can't go to Gotham. You fuck, you can't go to Gotham. Metropolis. You, 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 can, you can't really can't Central go to Metropolis. City. You can't go to Star City. You can't go to New York. 
Um, I guess you could kind of go to L.A., but even... Well, we got the Titans in the Bay here. Yeah, you can't go to it's San Francisco. It's not even the good Titans. Oh, wait. They're both here, aren't they're they? They're both here. Yes, they're you both got the here. kids ruining things. And they're in the they're on Angel Island or something. So I got to tell you, uh, X-Men Prime, as an X-Fan, this really was the book this week. I feel like they needed to do it. This is them saying, look, and even if, you know, Des is true, you know, Marvel and Fox probably got a nice little... After, I got to be honest, guys... If you haven't watched Legion, you need to. We finally finished it last night, and I feel like that is more following a comic book than anything else on the uh, main, t like CW or even S.H.I.E.L.D. Legion was damn good, and you need to watch it. All right. All right, everybody. So thank you so much for tuning in. I want to give a special th a shout out to our sponsors. First sponsor is Gene Gilmet of RLTPress.com. Uh, He's the artist that does all those fantastical pictures of Rich trying to kill me. Thank you someday, so much, Gene. Someday. Um, he's also, get you, he's you also, rascally rabbit. No, you won't. Um, he's also a uh, contributing artist for CBRs. That's Comic Resources column. The line, it is drawn. So check his work out. And then again, you can check him out at rltpress.com. I want to give a special thanks to Terry Miller. She's the mistress of the mix board. She's the, <laughs> she's the lady who does all of the sounds that you hear at the beginning and the end of our shows. Thank you so much, Terry. I want to give a special thanks to our major sponsor, Whatever Comics, located at 548 Castro Street between 18th and 19th in sunny San Francisco. Join us on the web at whateverstoreonline.com, still being worked on. That will be a shoppable website coming soon. And give us a like on Facebook under Whatever Store. All right. And don't forget our Facebook page, The Geek Chat. Yes. Uh, go to the, go to the Facebook group, join, and can and continue the conversation there. Um, again, as always, I'm Desmond. I'm Rich, and we'll see you later. Bye. The Geek Chat.